Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. Today, I have my friend Floofy on the podcast. Hello. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. I'm at home right now. That's fantastic. Are you traveling a lot lately? Pretty much, yeah. More than I had been in the last few years. I was just in Las Vegas and I got back yesterday. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. You said you were in Vegas. That's cool. Yeah. I think you, I saw some stuff that John Patton did with you. Oh, yeah. That was probably older. I didn't get to shoot with him this time. He was there, but I was too busy. I was there with Riley Suit for oh. three days. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I love him too. He's very nice. He's super nice. And Zoe West also was there with me. Oh, was, that's awesome. Yeah. It was great to see her. We had a wonderful time together. We made each other laugh a lot yesterday or the day before yesterday. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I saw Zoe. We went to Hawaii together. Oh, yeah. I could tell that she's like really focusing on school and like only taking the modeling gigs that she really, really wants to do. Definitely. Yes. So she was still doing a little schoolwork when she was there. I think she's taking a summer class or something. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I would like to like just say on the podcast that I fangirled on you so hard before I started traveling for modeling because our mutual friend and photographer Gabino told me that I had to meet you. Uh, oh, I love Gabino and that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, she's short like me yes. and she does this and travels. That's I was like, I I had to meet her. And then I met you. Yeah. And you were so nice. And you invited me to your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, you, we met at the art show, right? Yes. At the gallery. Yeah. It was, not was... Really a gallery. It was pop art pinup when I was doing the pinup makeup thing with Tony. Yeah. With Gabino's, yeah, but were... it was Gabino's art. It was Gabino's art. He had uh, his stuff printed on agates, and that was really cool. And you had a cute polka dot dress on, and I was so nervous. But then I think you invited me to if I needed a place to stay, if I was coming through Portland. And I was like, really? And then, and then we made friends. And sometimes I wonder to myself, because other people might say this to me, they might say stuff like, oh, other nude models are just your competitors. You know, they're not really your friends or whatever. But I think that a lot of us are friends and I do oh, consider yeah. you a friend. Oh, I consider you a friend as well. I think, oh man, I have quite a few friends in this industry who I consider real close friends who I would trust, you know? It's important to stick together. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I'm going to stop like just blowing smoke. <laughs> I'm just so happy that we get to talk on the phone, record it, and then turn it into a podcast. Yay. This is so great. I know. I, I dropped the ball, so I'm glad I picked it back up. I don't think you dropped the ball. I think, you know, we're both traveling yeah. and stuff. So Life. It's all good. For our listeners, would you mind describing how you first got into modeling and then how it's progressed over the years and led you to where you are now? Sure. So just, I wonder if anyone listening remembers MySpace, because that's how <laughs> I got started. This is circa, ooh, so 2004 or wow. so. Yeah. I had just started college, and I was on MySpace, and I 
met this person on MySpace who wanted to be a photographer. He was studying photography and in college. He was going to go to college. He wasn't in college even. So he was a high school student. And it's about my age and was talented. And he wanted to go to a local park and do a shoot. And I said, sure, that sounds fun. Because back then, apparently, you just met people from the internet. Like, it was no big deal. Wasn't scary or anything. Yeah. (laughs) But it was wonderful. We had a great time. I started my Model Mayhem account that week, I believe, after I got the photos. And that photo from that shoot was my avatar for at least a couple years. So I started off on Model Mayhem and doing TFP, TFCD, back when (laughs) CDs were a thing too. Yeah. And I just did a lot of trade work. So I didn't get paid for the first like two or three years very often because I was just having so much fun modeling. I thought it was like the greatest thing ever just to get to be creative in a way that I wasn't, I mean, I was an art student, so I was creative anyway, but it it was like another angle to my creativity that I hadn't explored yet. So after a while, I decided that I was comfortable to pose nude. And at that point, my career really took off and I started to charge money and I started to shoot. Mm, I was modeling art like twice a week. So even in college and it was two, three times a week, then then three to four times a week, it just picked up pretty rapidly. And that was all in Portland? That was all in Portland. I didn't start traveling until I finished college because I just didn't have the time to get away. I was too busy with college. And I wasn't sure how it worked either. There weren't too many examples of traveling models. I think there was... Kira Grant was around. I would say Rebecca Lawrence was around. There were a few others, but I didn't have very many role models, role models. <laughs> but with Model Mayhem, I started to notice that this was a thing. And I had a couple photographers ask if I would travel to their city when they visited me to shoot. They said, well, you should come to Los Angeles or you should come to... Seattle, I guess I went to Seattle a couple of times because it was close. But LA was really the first city I traveled to as a traveling model outside of Seattle, which is only a three hour drive from me. So I remember just feeling baffled and overwhelmed. I stayed in LA, in downtown LA, and I wasn't aware that that wasn't the center of Los Angeles. It was kind of sketchy and People didn't want to pick me up, but I didn't have a car because I was like 23 or something. So I learned, I learned, I learned the hard way about looking up things before you go and like understanding how a city is laid out because they're not all the same. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I, one of the first major cities I traveled to was New York. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go here because people are asking me. And I went in February. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so cold. Photographers wanted to book me at like those old warehouses oh, no. with Skyvault. And so, for, yeah, it was a nightmare. And I was like, all right, from now on, 
I'm going to pick based around the weather in the area. Smart. And it's just those things that are like simple and like you don't think about them until you're there suffering the consequences of them. Yes. I mean, I know models who will go to New York in the winter specifically because there are no other models there. But I will not. I I don't like being cold. Yeah. (laughs) And it's also, you know, neither of us grew up in a place where snow was regular so you wouldn't be driving in the snow but in new york in february you could be driving in the snow if you're Mm -hmm. driving yeah so yeah it's a hazard yeah some of the traveling tips that like i've learned over the years have all been from because i modeled in that area yeah and just learned stuff the hard way yes you learn the sort of i don't know the routes that are like less or more sketchy and places to stay that are better and more convenient or not and yeah there's a lot of things that I've learned just about traveling from being a traveling model I feel like I've kind of got a leg up (laughs) versus my husband or some of my friends who don't travel or travel casually there was a point where I was bringing a space heater to a bunch of my shoots (laughs) have you ever done that I haven't uh Brennan Brennan does that she will yeah put it in her car and leave it in her car I haven't done that but it's a really good idea especially if you're shooting abandoned urbex stuff a lot or or in cold warehouses Mm mm-hmm (laughs) (laughs) i i'm really bad about that i just sort of beg the photographer to like make sure it's not too cold (laughs) but do you have like a number threshold you're like oh if it's below this degrees like we need a backup i do uh and it actually differs depending on if there's sun or wind or not so i would say 60 degrees Anything above 60 is okay. If it's not sunny, I can do 60 and I can do that above. And I would say if it's sunny, 50 is okay. But if there's wind, you know, I don't have a number, but I hate wind. Wind is my nemesis. And I think it can be cold with wind, even if it's like 75. I hate it. Yeah. I hate wind so much. I do also have the same feelings. But I think that I would even add like an additional stipulation, depending on the photographer and whether or not I gauge that they're going to have the empathy to let me stop and put all my bundly stuff on and jump around for a few minutes, like several times throughout the shoot. So I've like, I agreed to do a snowshoe. Yeah, me too. John Patton, Mm -hmm. because I knew that he would allow me to warm up. But there's some people that won't. (laughs) I know. It's incredible. Like, how many photographers just don't have empathy for temperature concerns or just don't think about it because they're clothed or they're like overweight? It's like, yeah, if they have that extra buffer on their skin, they think to themselves, well, I could be outside without my shirt on yeah. in 40 degree weather. These are the so people I'll that wear fine, sandals obviously. when it's winter and I don't get it. Definitely. It's nice when someone is respectful and kind about that, about warming up or cooling off if it's really hot and just understands that, like, you're not a machine. Yeah. Do your hands go numb sometimes when you get cold like that? They can. Absolutely. If it's 
been if I've been out for a while, yeah. I mean, my hands and feet are kind of always cold, as other models who've modeled with me will attest to. <laughs> and yeah, they'll go numb. They'll go numb after a while out there if it's cold. The reason I ask is because I was talking to a photographer about setting up an underwater shoot and the water was going to be cold. Mm -hmm. And I told him as long as soon as my hands go numb, I'll have to get out and warm up. And he asked me, do you have Raynaud's? And I was like, what's that? And I looked it up and I got an appointment and apparently I have it. (gasps) You do? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Well, you know, actually, I mean, it sucks, but also... It's kind of nice card to have to play. Like it can be like I can't get too cold because I have my nose. Like <laughs> I, I suppose I've backed myself into a corner with this one because I was actually able to get medication oh. that helps with it. It's the same type of medication that they would give somebody if they had high blood pressure. Oh, interesting. So yeah, and, and Raynaud's isn't high blood pressure, but that medication helps people with Raynaud's with their circulation and it does help. I I have hardly ever had my hands go numb when I'm cold in the water where before if it was like if it was like 62 and I was out for like a half an hour my hands would go numb. Yeah. If the water was 62? No, even in the, the air. air. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. Yeah, I don't think I have it cuz I don't think it would take a long time for them to go numb. If it would be like a borderline hypothermia situation if I had completely numb hands. So I, I probably don't have it. That's good. Yeah, it, it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds awful. Did they turn purple or blue? A little bit. Yeah, they would be kind of like um, when, I, when my hands were going numb, they would look a little bit like pale and kind of blotchy. Yeah. It, some of the pictures on the internet, I think, are like extreme yeah. examples of it. but. The appointment that I made was actually over like an app. I don't know if you've ever used oh. any of those health apps okay. to no, do. I, uh, I mean, I've used the Kaiser good. Telehealth, but that's not. No, I haven't used. That. Yeah, Kaiser is that the K Health app? No, it's kp.org or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, the app that I use is just called K Health. Okay. And you like chat with doctors and like send them pictures of your symptoms, and then they can pr- if it's not a a narcotic drug that you need then yeah. they can prescribe it just over the app oh that's really cool no uh you uh, it's through your insurance or it's just separate you can do it without insurance yeah. or you can sign up with k-health to have k-health oh be your primary okay care provider i see i i can do something similar with kaiser my provider so they oh, have their nice. app and you can send pictures to your doctor and stuff so it's similar but it's not that's cool like a la carte that sounds kind of probably more cost effective. <laughs> Kaiser is expensive these days. Yeah, it's really nice. I guess it's another one of those like full-time traveler hacks yeah. where you don't ha- I don't have to go to Washington state to have like a primary care person charge me $150 for an in-person session yeah. and then, you know, see a specialist 3 weeks later. <laughs> no, that's good. That's definitely a hack. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, back to your traveling life you said you started posing nude a few years after you started modeling can you describe like what that decision process was like well quite honestly I was modeling very often as I mentioned already and I wanted to be making money I was like I'm doing this a lot and I'm not getting paid and I'm 
in college and I would like to be more of a career model than just like hobbyist who does this for funsies. So yeah, so my decision was actually based on trying to make money. And just also like I knew I was comfortable with it as far as you really need to know that you are going to be nude on the internet. You're going to be naked on the internet. Like there's no going back. You can't turn that off once you start. So uh, my parents were hippies and I just, I was an artist. So I knew it wasn't something that was going to destroy my self-esteem. I wasn't going to have fights with my family about it. There weren't very many barriers if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember going on the Model Mayhem forums and asking, posing the question, huh, so if, if I pose nude, would anyone want to shoot with me? And there was this, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid question, but there was an overwhelming response, of course. Yes, yes, of course we will. Of course we will. Please do it. So my first nude shoot ever was on Savi Island, which is a very well-known nude beach in Portland area. Everyone shoots there. But I wasn't sure yet if I was totally ready to show my entire body to the internet. So I told the photographer, okay, I'll do this, but I want it to be all implied, the final images, to be all implied nude. And he agreed. And it was Matt Schneider was my first photographer to work with nude. He's still shooting. He goes by MS Photo. Nice. And he was extremely respectful. We had a wonderful shoot. The pictures were great. And I felt really comfortable. And from that shoot, I learned that it really wasn't much different than clothed modeling for me, for my feelings. Like I felt comfortable I felt as comfortable nude as I did clothed, and it didn't really matter. And it, to this day, I'm fine with both. Like, I don't have a preference. People ask me often, what's your favorite kind of modeling? And my favorite kind of modeling is just anything that tells a story, anything that's compelling. So it doesn't matter if I'm nude or clothed. It's just the story. It's all about telling a story for me. I like that. I think that's very interesting because I haven't really heard that yet on the podcast that you like the photos to tell a story. But so that by that you mean that there's some kind of a meaning behind it and it makes you think? Usually or the setting itself tells a story. I like to think of myself as a silent actor when I'm posing. So I really love to be given a character. And even if nobody gives me a character, then I'm just floofy. I'm my own character, right? So Floofy is herself uh, an aspect of me who is not my everyday me. So she is a character if there is no other character. That's interesting. I like that. I, I used to say that my body is like a separate part from my mind and that my mind was like allowing my body to do this modeling stuff. And I remember saying that like, in some piece of media that I made a long time ago. And over the course of time, I have struggled with who am I on the internet in my modeling page and you know how much of my personal life or real personality do I share? Do you have the same thoughts or feelings? 
I have struggled a little with that. (laughs) I'm a really open person, and I always have been. And I think that that comes across over the internet. And so I'm kind of like the same person everywhere I go. Like, I'm just me. And even though floofy is an aspect of me, it's just the most upbeat aspect of me. So I don't really show my darker side, my struggles to the modeling world or the photography world very often. So in that sense, I can definitely empathize. People don't, they see me and they say, oh, she's so upbeat. She's super professional. She's like, just really, she's sweet. She's normal. But of course, I have struggles like everyone else has struggles. And I'm not perfect. And I'm, I've got a dark side too, you know? I've got things going on in my mind. <laughs> yeah, like personal but, life. Yeah, but stuff. I don't always express those to the world at large. I think that's healthy. And I've definitely done a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to create boundaries and it's essential to create boundaries. But it's 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 a struggle for for everyone, but I think especially for women. Uh we're taught to be very social and to be I don't know, people pleasers, kind to everyone, just very like sweet and So I don't know, that sort of means to me that we don't get to show our dark sides very often without being criticized for it. Yeah. But it's also safer not to. Yeah. And there have been times where I felt a benefit out of exposing information out of my of myself. But I think that it's it's always a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. Like when I first got sober, for instance, I posted about it on Tumblr. Yeah. And people will come out of the woodwork when you're vulnerable on the yes. internet. And they'll, I had some people that were like, oh, I didn't realize that you were a human with a personality mm-hmm. until you suddenly exposed this vulnerability that I align with. And now I want to work with you. So yeah, it, it has been a marketing thing for me, which I guess at times is not healthy. <laughs> But there is strength in vulnerability, and there's also an aspect of community support. And I think that's also valuable. Like, that's important. Yeah. But there are times, there are times to share and times to withhold. And sometimes it's hard to know which is which. True that. A moment ago, you had mentioned that people had asked you, like, what kind of shoots are your favorite kinds of shoots? and I'd like to ask something that I ask everybody on the podcast. I call it the photo shoot fail of the week. Can you describe a shoot experience that you've had that was crazy for some reason, whether the, sur- the scenario around the shoot was crazy or the photographer themselves was out of line? Yeah. So this isn't so much a horror story as it is just truly bizarre. Sweet. (laughs) So I began working with this photographer maybe 10 years ago. He was hiring models to pose in his garden to take 360 photos of us for statues, to like create physical statues in his garden. Rich people, though, am I right? Like, yeah, (laughs) he was definitely that 
like, what's the word? Eccentric, rich guy. He lived in a house that is known as the Oculus House in, I believe it's Washington, like Vancouver area. Anyway, so I was hired by him to do this 360 thing by another. Another model was like organizing the whole situation. So there were other models involved with this. And then somehow relatedly, he wanted to make a music video because, of course, he's also a musician. And a songwriter. I'm like, okay. All right. <laughs> All so right. he was paying very well. And he was treating us just fine. So there was nothing untoward about it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll do a music video. He hired an L.A. singer. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyhow. <laughs> First, so it was supposed to be at the Ape Caves. Are you familiar with the Ape Caves? No. Is that in Vancouver area? It's up on, I think, Mount St. Helens. It They're lava tubes. Oh, cool. Yes. So it's a, not a national park, but it's maybe a national recreation area. So we had to get permits. So he got a permit to shoot at the Ape Caves. The problem was you have to shoot at the Ape Caves after sunset when the park closes if you're going to get a permit oh. so and it was summer so we were set to shoot starting at 11 p.m oh my god and i am not a nighttime person i am a morning person but still i had agreed to do this i was to play the role of a ghost so he picked us up in a limousine he had a limousine sent to my house and the other models houses and we started at like 6 p.m. We left. It's about a two and a half, three hour drive. Okay. So we drive up to the Ape Caves and it's <laughs> at the end of it, it's not a very nice road. And we're on this limousine and I'm going, what am I getting myself into? This is going to be so weird. <laughs> so we get there and he has an RV set up for resting and eating and things like that. That's nice. Yeah. And... I get there and it, he tells me I'm not to go on for my part until 2 a.m. Oh, my God. And I'm like, OK. Meanwhile, he's trying to get a hold of this L.A. singer lady who hasn't flown in yet. She's supposed to fly in with her agent or something. So she arrived around midnight and uh, Veronica Cure was there. She was one of the other models. They... Also had to get piano movers because he wanted a piano in the lava tube. Wow. This is elaborate. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, okay. So, the piano movers put the, the piano in there. I think I, I called John, my, my husband or partner then, we weren't married yet, to come out and get me because otherwise I was going to have to stay until sunrise. So, he came out and he, with my car, and we slept for like an hour in the back of the RV because I was like just waiting for my part. I get my part arrives, right? It's time. And it's like 2.30 and I go out there 2.30 in the morning. It is 40 degrees oh, man. in the lava tube. It's not warm. And he's got lights. He's got the piano. It's a whole thing. So the pressure's on. Yeah. So luckily, it was a short part. 
I just had to sort of roam around aimlessly like a lost ghost lady. But I was shivering the whole time. I'm like, how is this? This is not going to look good on video, but what can you do? (sighs) I don't think they wrapped until five or something. Wow. Yeah. And we, we drove, we left and, you know, I got paid. Everything was okay. I felt bad for the people who had to keep staying there for longer. And then the video never was released. I never got to see it. And the guy went to jail for (gasps) like some sort of financial thing, financial crime, like embezzlement or something. Yeah. So never worked with him again. One of the weirdest shoots of my life. That's crazy. So you had worked with him for 10 years. Oh, no, no. I I worked with him. I started working with him about 10 years ago. And then that happened maybe eight years ago. Oh, okay. It was only a span of like two years that I was working with him for this, mainly the statue project. And then this music video thing was a separate. That's so bizarre. (laughs) Yes. I had to memorize lines. I had to memorize the song even though, so I suppose I was lip syncing part of the song. Okay. That sucks that it never came out. I know. I really wanted to see it. I mean, he couldn't be in jail for that long. Like, <laughs> well, I think then he just lost interest in the project or yeah. something. That's sometimes I think that uh, people enjoy the process of creating yeah. the content and then never end up like putting it together and sharing it. Absolutely. It can be really frustrating when you don't get pictures back or photos or videos or whatever. Yeah. In a music video, I would be really excited about. Yeah. So that sucks. It does. <laughs> Luckily, a few years later, I was in a music video that is an incredible music video for my my husband's friend Tanner, where I'm very proud of my performance. So it made up for That's it. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, that was a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bizarre. Wow. So then um, what have you been up to in the last few years with your modeling? So I was going to talk about this also with the other question that I know that you're inevitably going to ask. Let's do it. Let's bust into the rising phoenix moment right now. There's no rules. <laughs> no rules. Breaking all the barriers. So many of you may know this if you're listening. I have a three and a half year old daughter named Vivian. And so the last four years have been very interesting. Um, I modeled a lot when I was pregnant in 2019. I modeled probably like the most in a year that I have ever modeled when I was pregnant. Wow. Which is wild. I thought I would be working less, but I was intensely busy. So crazy. yeah, so I had a very not uneventful pregnancy, which is excellent and the only reason I was able to model through the whole thing. So that's lucky. And then I gave birth in October 2019. And I thought I will take a few months off of modeling. Well, I was all ready to go back to modeling in April 2020. March 2020 rolls around. Pandemic. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. So I just stayed home with my daughter and my husband and I tried to figure out what I could do because at this point I really missed modeling. 
It was getting to be spring. The was beautiful outside. I was feeling like I was in pretty good shape. And despite the fact that I was, what, let's see, how old am I? What, 30? I was 34. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. I was feeling like I was at the top of my game, but I wasn't able to do anything. So I saw that Sam Mathias was doing remote shoots. What is this thing? Remote shoots, uh, <laughs> virtual shoots. It was a way to sort of get around all of the health advisories and the risks that came with trying to model in a pandemic. Yeah, so I felt like it was something that my soul needed to be doing. And I borrowed a camera, borrowed a DSLR. I learned how to use it. I learned how to use a couple different programs to connect with people so that I could share my screen and they could have control of my camera, both computer and camera. Yeah, so I started doing remote shooting in spring 2020, and I was doing probably about a shoot a week with remotes, and it was intense, but it sort of gave me like maybe... 60% of the experience that is modeling in person. It was roughly a substitute, a decent substitute. And then as things became a little more clear, as vaccines rolled out, as we learned about wearing masks and when you can maybe take your mask off if you're outside at least six feet apart, blah, blah, blah. I started doing more in-person shoots again. Probably I did in summer 2020, I even hosted Explore Again, which was my group event that I host every single year, twice a year, usually twice a summer. I was able to host that one in August 2020 with everyone wearing N95s whenever we were in closed spaces. And then from there, eventually, I've gotten to a point where we're all a little more comfortable. And I'm posing, again, almost the same amount as I was before I had a child, which is a lot. So it's been a journey, and it's exciting, and I'm feeling really, really good about it. I'm feeling like I'm enjoying it more than I used to, which is really interesting. I don't know how that works, because I've been doing it for like 15 years, 18 years, 18, 18 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And I had suffered burnout, you know, maybe midway through my career. So I'm definitely not in a burnout phase now. I'm in like a growth phase, which is exciting. That is very interesting for me to hear because I have dealt with a little bit of burnout. Yeah. And I'll ask you, what elements do you think contributed to yourself burning out? And did you have to change the way that you were doing modeling? I did. Yeah. I think I got burnt out because I was modeling too much of the same type of thing with maybe going to the same places at the same times of year and like doing the same kinds of shoots all the time. Like a lot of just glamour nudes and like art nudes with like no accessories, no interesting background can get like really old really fast. Mm -hmm. Especially, yeah, you're just like, I'm just trying to make money. These days, I really consider the concepts and the person, the photographer, like more than I used to. I used to just sort of be like, okay, they're paying me. It's fine. And not that I, I 
honestly, I will work with any skill level. I'm happy to work with new people. That isn't the thing. The thing is, are you a conscientious person who's going to have empathy? And are you passionate about photography? Because if those aren't, if those things don't exist, I just don't really want to shoot with you. Like, you got to yeah. be excited about it and you got to have empathy. And those are just like non negotiable for me, I think, these days. So I really seek out specific photographers, specific places where I know that they foster that creative spirit. There are cities where it's just better. I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's just more energy, more creative energy in certain cities. I, I know what you mean. Are there certain things that red flag you to let you know that the person that's initiating contact is the type that doesn't care about the photography and just wants to be around a naked woman type photographer? Yeah, I would say if they, they're wanting to push limits from the get-go, if they're like, oh, I'm looking for you to shoot really erotic stuff, like what is your upper limit for erotic then I'm like, you probably don't want to shoot with me because I'm very comfortable in my body, but you're looking for to push limits. Some people are just looking to push limits. And then I would also say that someone who is asking for immediately right off the bat a discount or a like a significant discount for no reason, they don't know you or anything, or they want like a lot of travel to a place where it's not included in your fee or whatever, like they just want you to go somewhere really remote without knowing you and want it to be like a two hour shoot. We're going to shoot for two hours, but the drive time is four. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, mm, okay. If I don't know you, that's the red flag. I think in some cases I would say I can tell by just looking at their portfolio yeah. on Model Mayhem. <laughs> There's that too. If there's a lot of shots that are just not carefully composed, not well lit, or even not badly lit, but like lit all the same and you can tell it's like an on-camera flash. Yeah. Or if it's like the same couch, but like a bunch of different models doing the same thing, you're like, all right, this is going to be one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So eliminating those from your schedule you're still able to like fill up your schedule with shoots that you find are more fulfilling typically yeah I do find that these days my goals are more based on (laughs) creativity and comfort than they are based on like trying to meet a financial need which is my own privilege you know I I live in a very stable household my husband is a programmer and he makes a lot of money and I say I don't really have to worry about it but like I still try to pay my own bills all the time but I don't have my you know my rent hasn't gone up like a lot of people's rent has just really gone up and expenses are more food costs more just the cost of living is higher so I don't have to worry about that as much as some other people so that's a luxury for me that I can afford to just book when and where I want to and not try to be like, I need to make $3,000 on this trip or else I can't go. So that, I mean, that's, that's a me thing. Like that may not be true for you. Like it's, it's not necessarily my way of doing things. Isn't going to solve everyone's problems. Like it's just my way of doing things. Totally. Everybody's got their different needs and stuff. And I understand 
when I first started modeling, I gosh, I look back on my career sometimes, like scroll through old photos. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I, I did that trip with like 20 shoots in like 10 days with like 15 of them being yeah. like weird ass GWCs <laughs> that wanted to haggle my rates. But I did that, but I had a really high tolerance for it. I had a high tolerance for it until I didn't. Yeah. And that's when I, I had burnout around that time. Yep, <laughs> definitely. That was what created my burnout too. And I, I never was like a power shooter. Like I never would schedule. Uh, I would say average. I wouldn't do more than two shoots a day most of the time. Like three was maximum. And that was hard. So yeah. I've just never been that person. But I did get burnt out from, yeah, from just touring constantly and then working with people who I was less than inspired by just to make a buck and pay rent and support my lifestyle. And you know what? Like, it, it just, if you cannot do that, it's totally worth it. Like, I mean, you're hosting events now, which is awesome. Like, you're doing your your underwater events. Yeah. Which is probably way more inspiring than shooting with GWCs. Power oh, shooting. for sure. For sure. And I, I've, I've done more like destination stuff too. Yeah. And that's really added to my desire to be modeling. Going to big cities and like hustling a bunch of shoots to me is, it feels like a drag. Yeah, me too. Because I think that I'm, I'm 30, almost 36 now. Mm -hmm. And I'm not lazy but I am feeling like I want to be more lazy I want somebody to just book me for a full day yeah. instead of me having like two two hour shoots yeah. across town from each other mm -hmm. no <laughs> so it's, it's real I mean I feel like it's valid to get choosier as we do get older it's <laughs> I mean not that we shouldn't be choosy when we're younger but it's necessary like you have to conserve your energy I feel the same like as a mom I mean, I'm always tired, but I have a lot of energy. I've always been an energetic person. And it's just so much less stressful to do one full day shoot that's relaxed than it is to like try to drive across town and traffic that you're in a city that you're not super familiar with and then like meet new people and change your gears. Like that's the thing about it, is changing gears, like changing personalities, not for me, but, like not my own personality, but switching dealing with two different personalities during the day or three it's a lot mm -hmm. oh yeah the emotional aspect of doing a photo shoot like it can be a lot <laughs> for sure yeah there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into modeling absolutely yeah I've definitely talked about this here and there on the podcast but people that are like just seeing your photos like looking at your Instagram or your portfolio like they just see the beautiful image, but they don't realize that maybe that shoot, the photographer was like, you know, being really controlling or telling you about all their trauma mm -hmm. in their earlier childhood and you had to try to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. and so it, when I see photos that I've done in the past, they often make me think of those experiences with that photographer at the shoot. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, when I see certain photos, I can recall exactly that, what they were talking about, like what the vibe was, the whole thing. So you're mentioning that your your rising phoenix moment era in your life was that you had a child and then the pandemic happened and you had to kind of like, you know, 
start anew with connecting over remote shooting during that time were you like wondering if you were going to continue modeling like at all like yeah I didn't know I didn't know how it was gonna go I mean the early days of the pandemic were were terrifying and I had bad postpartum (laughs) depression and anxiety for a few months and so I didn't I didn't know if people would even want to shoot with me anymore. I was also aging. I'm now 37. I'm going to be 38 in September. Wow. And so, yeah, so I I didn't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm too old, but I'm still getting booked just as much as I ever was. And so if I'm still in demand, it's sort of like a why shouldn't I do this? And also, I want to prove that it doesn't matter that you can be awesome at any age as a model, that you can just shine in your own way. Like, doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, but especially like with modeling, it's how old you are. So. Heck yeah. I fully agree with that. Do you have your real age on your model mayhem profile? Yeah. Yeah. I put my birthday in, so it'll update for sure. Yeah. That's cool. I don't care. I have an agent too in Portland. So like I'm represented by writing artists and I look forward to getting more work as I age. I hope that they put me in actual mom roles. I have a, an audition for Nike that I'm supposed to do a self-tape for this weekend and mm. I'm a mom and I am a mom. So I eventually will look old enough to look like a mom is what I'm hoping. Do you got any gray hairs? <laughs> I have like one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my mom didn't go gray until she was like 50 so I I just think it's probably going to be a while okay so yeah genetically your hair might yeah take a while <laughs> that's cool though I I look up to other models who are older than me like such as yourself and other models like Liz Ashley and yeah. Rebecca Lawrence and I'm like they're still doing it and they're loving it yeah and I always have like other side projects that I'm like I go through these phases where I'm like okay I'm getting older like people aren't gonna want to oh, work yeah, with me yeah. soon so I'm gonna start this new business I remember I we started a new business this. yeah oh man <laughs> <laughs> so I go back and forth yeah. I'm like really hardcore like you know spending money investing on it and then putting then I always end up thinking to myself like ah this just it doesn't feel like authentic to me at sometimes like know. when I'm putting it together I'm like oh I'm gonna make a few years ago, I was like, oh, I have a videography business yeah. now, and it's yeah. a different name, and I'm going to separate it from my modeling so I can get legit jobs. And then I just ended up not wanting to work with any of the like corporate-type people. Right. <laughs> modeling, traveling modeling, freelance modeling, I should say, it's a lifestyle, and it is not one that is easy to leave or replace because it's so unique. And you really don't have to deal with a lot of the corporate bullshit that exists. Like you just, you're your own boss. And if you don't like someone, you can leave and you won't lose everything. Yeah. You have to start from the ground up. So it's hard to leave this job. I totally know what you mean. It's also really good to have a side hustle just in general, just to do something that's different. So you're yeah. not always modeling, I feel like. Then it helps with the burnout too. So Yeah. If I when I started getting burnt out with modeling, I 
also started doing makeup. And I do that as well. So I'm a makeup artist as well. And then I'm a painter. So if I get bored with the whole industry, then I can just paint. (laughs) But painting doesn't make a lot of money, but it is fulfilling. Yeah. I was actually just thinking about this yesterday. I was thinking like, for me, when I hear music, I'm like, oh, I could make this video that would look cool with this. And I'm always kind of like thinking that in my head, like, oh, I could make visuals uh-huh. that would go. And that's like my in my mind, the art that I've wanted to make. And I've dabbled with that. You're really but good obviously, at video. Like, you are. Thank you. Yeah. No, I love all your video stuff. It's great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But it, it doesn't make like, I mean, it could make money if I hustled it more, but I don't want to yeah and you put a lot of effort into your painting and stuff and I was just thinking yesterday I was like you know what your art doesn't have to make money no I never wanted to be a studio painter I knew that it would destroy it for me if if I had to paint for what the gallery wanted me to paint it would Mm -hmm. ruin it and also I don't want to hustle my paintings I don't want to do that it's not fun it takes away from the creative process So it's not for me. It's not for me. But at least I knew that before I went to college for it and got the degree anyway, even though I wasn't going to be a studio painter. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to do something and like learn about it more after and then like, you know, just finalize your decision that, you know, that's not the path. Yeah, I knew that it was was still my passion, but that really the piece of paper that is my degree – you know, I have a bachelor's degree and it doesn't really matter what it's in. It's a bachelor's degree. And the painting part of it was my passion and remains a passion of mine. And it's still valuable to me that I have that and that I did that and went through all of that practice, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. Some people might argue that, I mean, some people do argue this <laughs> and it's very frustrating that if you turn your modeling into your business, then it takes the the joy out of it. But I mean, if you applied that to every like creative activity, then nobody should be doing any of it for money. Right. right? <laughs> it definitely doesn't take any joy out of it for me as far as modeling goes. The the money at the end of the shoot for me is it's just a carrot. Like it's like, okay, when I'm done, I'm going to get this. But also yeah. it doesn't push me to like be different than I would ordinarily be like as a model, like I would be doing the same things if I wasn't getting paid, if that makes sense, even though I am and it's my career, I would still be doing a lot of the same shoots because I'm choosing shoots that are up my alley. Yeah. At least these days. Yeah, that's great. It's good to, and I've learned through experience as well, that if we are seeking out shoots that we enjoy doing and then posting the work from those shoots that we enjoy Mm -hmm. then we are attracting more of those types of shoots into our life absolutely Absolutely. and there I I suppose I've gone through maybe like two bouts of burnout Mm -hmm. and one of them was right before I was like you know really fully going full-time with traveling Mm -hmm. and it was because all the people that were paying me were just paying me to do like glamour erotic playboy penthouse type Mm -hmm. modeling which is fine but people it made people that were artistic that had other creative ideas not want to hire me right and that pissed me off Yeah, I, (laughs) I remember I mean you definitely went through a transitional period 
into becoming like more of a respected art model as well. And I definitely think people see you more as that or at least more holistically than they did. Thanks. Yeah. And I think you were definitely one of the the models that like influenced me to want to do more like creative and artistic stuff. Like before I even started doing that, I I remember I I forget who the photographer was, but they were emailing me about setting up a shoot and I was like, Oh yeah, I love your artistic stuff. Let's do some of that. And they're like, do you have any examples of that? And so I sent some like nudes, but they were all like glamour erotic nudes. And he's like, that's not artistic. And I'm like, what is and I I didn't even have like the taste for it at first it took me a while to like really be able to differentiate for myself even yeah it's a weird line it's a it's it's not clear but it is something that people feel I think that they like think that they know and you know there is a specific aesthetic that is clearly like art nude style like bodyscapes or the figure nude in nature or whatever but there's like yeah. a posing style it's more of a posing style and an editing style I think than it is in lighting than it is like I don't know I guess it's all those things I don't know what it's, I'm saying it's interesting it's not that the photos themselves are what is like causing burnout or like yeah. I think it's the interaction and then the yeah. the type of attention that you get yeah. afterwards from those photos. Absolutely. I remember getting mad early on because someone told me that they thought of me as clearly an alternative model. And I was like, look, this is when, you know, uh, what was popular, Suicide Girls was really popular. Mm-hmm. And I was like, listen, I don't have any tattoos. My hair is not colored. I'm not just an alternative model. Yo. <laughs> and I think that I've changed my sort of I've, I've, I'm very much a chameleon these days and people see that but back then I was getting pigeonholed and I did not like it so I had the same yeah. kind of feeling as you did when you got pigeonholed it's not a good feeling. yeah I hate it as well I <laughs> I suppose if any model were to pick one genre and just be really good at that and only post that they would do really well business-wise. And I suppose perhaps we're shooting ourselves in the foot by being chameleons, but then we'd be upset if we were putting ourselves in a box, right? Yeah. And I don't even know if that's true that it would be a good business decision because I get complimented on how versatile I am all the time. I suppose. And I know, I know, I know. It's it's tricky because you do want to have... A specialty but you don't want to be pigeonholed like you don't want to just only do one thing because it would get really boring it does get really boring totally yeah well floofy we are closing up on the hour i want to ask if there's any other stuff that you wanted to bring up on the podcast not really i think we covered a lot of topics yeah and down the road i'm considering having more like targeted discussions mm-hmm. So I'd love to have you again in the future if you'd want. I'd love to come back. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much for being a part of it. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks. Bye.